Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Sunday morning edition of Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, where our goal is to make our listeners aware of nonprofit organizations that maybe you haven't heard of before, but they're doing really great things in our community. And I think we can all benefit from some positive, uplifting stories right about now. We, uh, we want to shine a light on all the great work that these nonprofits are doing and hopefully encourage others to get involved in some way, either by volunteering, by donating, or maybe just making others aware of the resources that are available. So, so ultimately, you can make a difference in the life of someone else. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group who is the organization responsible for bringing you this show. If you've ever traveled to the Milwaukee area from out of town for medical treatment, you understand how difficult and expensive it can be to find accommodations while receiving care. Today, we're going to hear about an organization that helps in that regard. And then we'll hear from a healthcare professional who goes beyond her professional responsibilities to educate people about health equity to be sure that everyone has a fair opportunity to attain their full health potential and that no one is disadvantaged from achieving it. My first guest today is Patty Metropolis, Executive Director from Kathy's House, which is a nonprofit organization that provides affordable lodging and caring support in a home away from home environment for families who need to travel to Milwaukee for medical care. Actually, Kathy's House is the only hospital guest house in the area that serves patients of all ages and their caregivers, and it serves all the hospitals in Milwaukee. Welcome to the show today, Patty. Thank you very much, Jill. I I really appreciate the opportunity to kind of share the Kathy's House story with you and everyone listening today and talk a little bit more about our, our impact on the community here in the Milwaukee area. Well, we're, we're excited to hear. Now, some people may be aware of Kathy's House. It certainly has received a lot of media attention, but we want to dig in. Why don't you tell us how Kathy's House got started? Sure. So uh, Kathy's House is named for a young woman um, named Kathy Vogel-Kittner, who uh, passed away in, in 2000. Uh, she had an aggressive form of lymphoma called Burkitt's lymphoma, and she was diagnosed in in 1998. And um, along with the help of her family, she got a bone marrow transplant from one of her sisters and and had tremendous support and and wonderful care at Frederick Hospital. But but unfortunately, um, uh, she did pass away after about two years. And during her her stay at Frederick, she was particularly um, empathetic to the other can- cancer patients on her floor that didn't nearly have the level of support and visitors that, that she had. She was a very gregarious and caring person and had a big family. You know, her, she's originally from Mequon and she and her husband lived in Oconomowoc um, at the time. And her hospital room was always full of people. And it would be so full sometime that she even asked some of her friends and family members to go visit the other patients down the hall who didn't, didn't have the level of, of support that she had. Um, and she particularly 
was concerned about a young man um, who was in the, the final stages of his life, um, that he was all alone. And she learned that the reason his family was not able to visit is because they were from out of town and they really couldn't afford a hotel and, and travel was a barrier for them. And her family was so inspired by her empathy that after Kathy passed, they decided to open a facility in Milwaukee where family members could stay who had a loved one in, in the hospital that lived out of town. So it was actually ironically a year to the day after Kathy died that Kathy's house opened due to the very hard work and dedication of her parents, Dick and Judy Vogel, um, their, their, their other family members, their, their church community from Mequon, um, Freighter and the Medical College, and many, many businesses were involved in, in getting Kathy's house off the ground. So we opened just about a mile west of, of Freighter Hospital, and uh, we actually rent our facility from St. Camillus. And so we've been there ever since opening in, in 2001. Well, we love to hear these passionate, inspiring stories, and certainly this is no different. How did you get involved then with Kathy's house? Sure. So I moved back to the Milwaukee area in 2012. I was gone for about 23 years. I originally from this area and graduated from a, a local high school here outside of Milwaukee, and then went away for college and grad school and, and was working in uh, public education and uh, community uh, organizations in in the Portland, Oregon area, and in the government relations and financial planning, and really helping to take those organizations I've worked for to the next level. And when I moved back here uh, to be closer, uh, particularly to my mom and to help with her care, I you know was kind of looking at what opportunities were in Milwaukee, and at that time the founder of, of Kathy's house, uh, Dick Vogel, had announced his retirement and was stepping down and they were looking for someone to take over from the founder. And even though I didn't, my background wasn't in a healthcare related facility, it, it really piqued my interest because I've had two members of my family of origin, my dad and one of my brothers had had cancer and I was particularly uh, involved with, with the care of my dad. And in, in each of those situations with my dad and my brother, they lived very close to where they had their surgery and their chemotherapy and their radiation. And it was all very convenient. And quite frankly, it never dawned on me until I became involved with Kathy's house that for literally thousands of people in this state alone, that's not the case. They have to travel sometimes hundreds of miles in order to access the care they need to, to treat their cancer or, or other serious illness. So I was really took the mission to heart. I have a deep empathy for anyone um, with a loved one with cancer, and that has to kind of walk that path. And when, when I learned the history of how it began, it, it just it just spoke to all sides of me. And I think personally and professionally, it just was a really good fit for me. And luckily the, the board of directors thought that I would be a good fit for, for Kathy's house as well. So I've been there. I've now, I've been there a little over eight years. Well, they talk about how they can teach a skill, but they certainly can't teach passion, right? I mean, yeah. you, if you can ideally marry your passion with a skill, then you're, you're in the right place. Sounds like, like you mm -hmm. are. Give us some idea quickly then on some of the things that you guys do programs that you offer. 
Sure. So, you know, our, our primary mission is to provide lodging and, you know, we have a, a large house. We currently have a, an 18 room facility, like I said, in Wauwatosa. Um, but we also provide other support services such as transportation. So we have a shuttle van that takes people to and from their hospital appointments. We can take them grocery shopping. We can take them to Walgreens, you know, whatever the need may be. We also have a pet therapy program. So we have a couple of, actually one of our staff members has a certified uh, pet therapy dog. And then one of our board members does. And so once or twice a month, or even by request, um, if if we have a guest who said, oh, I really miss my dog, we can say, hey, <laughs> we can't bring you your dog, but we can bring you a dog, um, that, that we can bring them in for that family to have that compassion that they, they can't get from any anyone else other than the, an animal. So um, we also have a meal program, um, which is kind of temporarily suspended due to COVID. But pre-COVID, we would have either families or volunteer groups, church groups, civic groups that would come in several times a week to make dinner for all our guests. So that was something that is is really a way to bring people together in the house to to share a meal and for people to organically build those support systems and and get to know each other and and learn about each other's story. We we are still doing meals, um, but we are uh, purchasing them from local restaurants that, that frankly could use the business right now and asking people to sponsor those meals so our guests still have that experience. A lot of things that you're doing for your your patients and their families, uh, and I imagine things have evolved over the years. How how has Kathy's House grown since your inception in 2001? Sure. So we, I think, grew steadily over the years. You know, we were had been in operation 11 years. You know, when I got there. So when I took over in 2012, we were, you know. I think between about typically 50 and 60% full. And at that time that I came back to Milwaukee, some of our local hospitals, uh, including Freighter at the Medical College, were going through very, uh, very ambitious expansion plans in order to meet the, the rising demand that they were seeing. So, you know, since I've been at Kathy's house, you know, that the cancer center has expanded. There now is a, a center for advanced care. I do know that the other hospitals that we serve, including Rogers Behavioral Health, they have expanded. And so we saw the, the, the effects of that. And so our uh, demand really increased uh, significantly, you know, starting, I'd say, in about 2015 up until, you know, last year. Probably for the last three years, we have been operating at capacity and unfortunately have had to turn away over 300 families a year for the past two years, about 600 people told that we were not able to accommodate. So, and nobody ever wants to do that, right? I mean, you understand how awesome your, your programs are and the support that you give. You never want to be able to, you don't want to ever have to turn anybody away. So, so you have this new house that, that, so that you can expand your services, expand the, um, the rooms that you have available. Uh, we love to hear the stories on how Kathy's house is impacting the community. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to hear more about that, how Kathy's house is making an impact with the families that they serve and also in the community. 
We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Patty Metropolis, who is the executive director from Kathy's House. So, Patty, tell us, uh, give us some, some examples of how Kathy's House has impacted the community and the families that it serves. Sure. So, first and foremost, we help patients to access care. And then we help the family to stay together during during a health crisis. So a couple of families recently that I've, that I've got to know, we had a, a couple from uh, up north and they were down in Milwaukee along with their adult son who was in need of a liver transplant and they weren't quite sure um, how long he would be on the, the waiting list for his you know, his condition was deteriorating. And luckily, um, they were able to find uh, a suitable match for him and was able to have the surgery within two weeks of them arriving in Milwaukee. And the, the patient's mother is a music teacher, and she actually gives piano lessons. And since we actually have a piano at Kathy's house, she was able to virtually still do her piano lessons um, for all of her students, you know, while her, her son was waiting for surgery. And then he had a very successful surgery and was in the hospital for uh, another week. Um, actually another two full weeks. He was, he was back at Kathy's house and then had to go back in. Um, but it was just a, really a neat story of how, you know, people could retain a sense of normalcy, even when there's something as as terrifying, as frightening as one of your children having an organ transplant. And they were able to, you know, be with their son um, during this whole time and, and see him and support him. Um, and they felt very relieved that if he did have complications, you know, for that you know, critical week or two after his surgery, he was just minutes away from his team at, at Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. So that was just a, a really neat story for a family I got to know. We also had a woman who had been with us uh, this past year. She actually was at Kathy's house in total over a year. She actually had a total heart replacement. And so she was with us along with her husband, and at times her four-year-old and 13-year-old son and daughter would visit from up north. They actually spent Christmas with us and several holidays with us, um, and she had a a successful total heart replacement, as I said, and she stayed at Kathy's house several months after that replacement in case of complication and was able to go home actually this past April. And so she was with us kind of, you know, before COVID and then um, after we kind of had to go into our new COVID protocol. So she was just very thankful that we remained open during the whole pandemic and we have remained open. I'm sure. I mean, it's it's obvious to see the benefits that you give for those receiving care and their families. How would you say you've had an impact in the community? We primarily impact the areas from which our our families come from. So we 
over 70% of our guests come from the state of Wisconsin, and many of those guests come from Appleton and Green Bay, um, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, you know, kind of the northeast and, and central parts of, of Wisconsin. So we really impact those communities in that we allow people who may not otherwise have access to care to travel somewhere and as a family stay together while the patient receives this often life-saving care that they need. So we are really helping these communities throughout Wisconsin and typically much smaller rural areas where people could have multiple barriers um, to, to healthcare and wellness to be able to have the same access to the same clinical treatment that those of us here in Milwaukee have. And didn't you say that about 40% of your patients said that they couldn't access medical care in Milwaukee without Kathy's house? Um, yeah, that, that's true. So when our, when our guests check out, you know, we send them a survey about their, their stay at Kathy's house. And one of the questions we ask is, without Kathy's house, would you have been able to access the care that you need? And consistently, 40% of the patients say they would, they would have not been able to access care. So that really speaks to the fact that we are a vital part of the, the healthcare supply chain in, in Southeast Wisconsin. Absolutely. Well, we understand that all nonprofits have uh, challenges uh, or hurdles that they have to overcome. What would, what would you say is your biggest challenge right now? Sure. So as I mentioned, you know, for the past couple of years, we've had to turn away, you know, over 300 families a year. And that, that is heartbreaking and, and awful. And the good news is we did break ground on a, a new Kathy's house earlier this summer. It is actually on the grounds of the Milwaukee Regional Medical Center campus, just across the street, actually, from the Freighter um, Cancer Center. And it will be twice the size of our current facility and is being designed, actually, to serve specifically immunocompromised patients. So we will actually have a wing of the house specifically for bone marrow transplant patients or organ transplants or, or those people that really need kind of a self-contained environment. And so that our biggest need right now is just raising the remaining funds to complete that project. It's a, a $12 billion project and we've raised about 10.4 million to date. So we have about 1.6 million to go. And we are currently, you know, working with many partners in the community and philanthropists to, to be able to raise all the necessary funds so, so we can open in summer of 2021. Okay. Well, lots of things we talked about today. Do you have any final words uh, that you want to leave with our audience to kind of sum up our conversation today? I just think that, you know, all of us, unfortunately, can, can relate to having a loved one with cancer, if not having cancer yourself. And I would just like people to, to keep in mind that here in Milwaukee, places such as Kathy's house are really people's home away from home um, when they have to travel here for care. And that, you know, we want to make sure that, that we provide as much support as possible for those cancer patients who are receiving incredible clinical care that we want to be their family for them while they're here. So please just, you know, keep us in mind, you know, we run primarily um, off of our volunteers. We have a large volunteer base. And uh, when we move into our new house, we will need even more volunteers. So um, just, you know, please keep us in mind as, as we, 
move and, and expand our impact for the families that we serve. Share with our audience contact information. If someone's interested in either volunteering or donating, where would they go? Sure. Probably the best resource is our website, and that is kathys-house.org, and that's Kathy with a K. Um, When you get to that website, you can see pictures and, and actually a live webcam of the construction of our new house, as well as look at our, our current wish list of, of, you know, urgent house needs and ways to become involved with our mission. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your passion and, and how Kathy's House is making an impact for not only families receiving care, but also out in the community. So thank you so much for joining us today, Patty. Thank you so much, Jill. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. Well, stay tuned to hear firsthand from a Medical College of Wisconsin radiation oncologist about how she became involved with Kathy's House and why. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest today is Malika Syker, a radiation oncologist from the Medical College of Wisconsin. Welcome to the show today, Malika. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. We're, uh, we're happy to hear about what inspires you. Uh, you want to start out by telling us what inspired you to become a radiation oncologist. Well, like most people, oncology is a calling. So for me, my family, we had a business uh, in the furniture business, but all of my relatives uh, died of cancer. So in a way, that was kind of a, a family legacy as well. When I was in medical school, my father was diagnosed with cancer during my second year of medical school. And at that point, when you're a second year medical student, you know, just enough to be a little bit knowledgeable, but not really enough to understand the full complexity of the disease. So I was drawn to oncology as a result of my father being diagnosed with cancer. And fortunately, I had had a lot of great peer mentorship and faculty mentorship and found my way to the field of radiation oncology. Well, I too have experienced uh, family members with cancer and nothing motivates you to help, right? When you have a personal connection. Share with us what exactly does a radiation oncologist do? It's funny because I think that even if you ask my parents or my my friends, sometimes they're not even really clear what a radiation oncologist does. Some people think it's like a radiologist, but radiation oncologists treat cancer patients with radiation therapy. We also treat benign tumors too. So sometimes we treat patients who don't actually have cancer, but other types of tumors. And we expertly determine who needs radiation therapy, help to design the radiation therapy treatment, and then follow patients throughout their cancer journey. It's a very rewarding field that I think mixes the science of medicine, cutting edge innovations and treatment with the art of medicine, taking care of people sometimes at their most vulnerable points in life. And it's an absolute privilege to serve people in this way. I bet it's very rewarding for you. Very rewarding. Um, 
share with us why you became involved then with, with Kathy's house. So a typical radiation therapy treatment may be anywhere from one day to as long as nine weeks. And we have many patients who require specialized radiation plans that only our hospital can deliver. So I have lots of patients who come from other parts of the state that need to come see us because of certain technologies or services available at our tertiary care center or specialized hospital. Many of these patients can't afford to displace themselves during treatment, especially those longer courses of treatment. And Kathy's House provides a warm, nurturing, safe place for those patients to stay. So I've referred a lot of patients to Kathy's House and have seen firsthand what an absolute game changer Kathy's House is for these patients and their families. Tell us then about some uh, examples, some some stories of how Kathy's House has helped some of your patients. One story that I have permission to share with you because it's been discussed uh, within the Kathy's House community is a patient that I had who is a young adult and discovered that she had a brain tumor during her pregnancy. We learn in radiation oncology training that a pregnant patient cannot receive radiation therapy because there are a lot of potential harms to the fetus. And this particular patient, standard of care treatment is maximal surgical resection followed by radiation therapy and potentially chemotherapy. So this patient was unable to receive radiation therapy closer to her home because most facilities are unable to irradiate a pregnant woman safely due to the harms to the fetus. So our facility has developed a protocol to be able to irradiate women who are pregnant safely and minimizing the risk to the fetus. So she needed to come to our hospital to receive her treatment over approximately six weeks. So I referred her to Kathy's house where she stayed with her husband over a six-week period. And during her treatment, I would see her weekly and she just raved about what a great experience she was having because the community at Kathy's house was so welcoming from the home-cooked foods to the courteous and friendly staff, she really found a home away from home. At the end of her treatment, uh, we actually, a number of us got together and threw her a baby shower, which was really fun to do. You know, I've seen firsthand through, through many patients the benefit that Kathy's House provides to our patients. And it's also, you know, when you think about health equity, health equity being defined as, all patients having the same opportunity for a good outcome. If a person can't receive adequate care locally, particularly in some communities that are smaller that don't have the same technologies available, Kathy's house can level the playing field in addressing some of these health disparities by providing a safe and affordable place to stay during their treatment. So another patient example that I have is a, uh, an older gentleman who needed to come to our to our facility for a type of treatment called total skin electron therapy, which is a type of therapy where we deliver, deliver radiation therapy to the entire skin. We are only one of two facilities that delivers this treatment in the state. 
So this patient needed to come to, we were the closest facility for him to consider treatment. And again, um, referred this patient to Kathy's house every weekend, every week that he would come to see me for his uh, visits, he would just rave about the wonderful treatment that he was receiving uh, at Kathy's house, enjoyed the home cooked meals, the camaraderie, the community. And uh, had it not been for, for Kathy's house, it might have been difficult for him to afford to relocate. So that's just another concrete example of how Kathy's house is a game changer when we think about health equity in the state of Wisconsin by providing an affordable way to access specialized care for individuals in rural communities where they just don't have the same access. Hmm. Now, you're, you're passionate about advocating for and educating people about this health equity. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and we return. Uh, Malika is going to talk some more about that and, and give us some more insight. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm Jill Economo, host of Milwaukee's philanthropic community, and I'm talking this segment with Malika Syker, a radiation oncologist from the Medical College of Wisconsin. So, Malika, talking about uh, health equity, share with us how do health disparities impact cancer, since we were hearing a lot about cancer stories and, and your personal experience with cancer. Yeah, just to take a step back, thinking about um, health disparities or health equity, if we just look at the city of Milwaukee, we know that there are many neighborhoods or zip codes here in Milwaukee where there are worse health outcomes compared to neighboring zip codes. For example, infant mortality or maternal mortality in certain zip codes are on par with developing nations that are located right next to zip codes with very, very good outcomes. So we know that health disparities exist uh, throughout all of healthcare. And so you know, Kathy's house is not just a place for cancer patients. Anybody can come stay at Kathy's house. Um, although 85% of the, the guests at Kathy's house do have cancer, um, Kathy's house is a warm and welcoming place, you know, for anyone. But thinking specifically about cancer, I'll use prostate cancer as an example. We know that African-American men tend to be diagnosed earlier with prostate cancer and tend to develop a type of prostate cancer that's more aggressive. We don't know why. We don't know if it's something biological or something that's more social. It's likely not biological because when we think about race, race is really a social construct because what does somebody with quote unquote African background from Cuba have anything to do with somebody who was born and raised in Ethiopia? You know, they're totally different experiences. So there's so it's likely something to do with the social determinants of health and, and potentially the impacts of structural racism on medicine. So there's lots of dispa health disparities within cancer. So prostate cancer, that's one example. Another can another one is breast cancer, where African American women can develop a type of breast cancer that can be more aggressive. Another place where we see cancer disparities is in the LGBTQ community. There's higher rates of smoking within the LGBTQ community, which can translate to higher risk of lung cancer. So if we just stopped today 
stopped all the innovation, no, no more cures, and just focused on making sure that individuals, no matter what background they were from, accessed the same care as everybody else, we would save hundreds of thousands of lives. And so that's where I'm most passionate about, is ensuring that everybody, regardless of their background, has the same chance of excellent, innovative, culturally responsive care to help our community. Help us all to understand how how can we contribute to improving that health equity then? Yeah, there's a lot of ways that we can directly impact. You know, one way is with community engagement. So there's lots of nonprofit organizations that are working on initiatives uh, aimed at health equity. You know, for example, Kathy's House is one because those individuals in rural communities that don't have access to specialized care can't get the same care and therefore potentially have worse outcomes. So Kathy's House is directly contributing to improving health equity in our rural communities in the state. And the larger the house, the more people we can help. So it's really imperative that we get that bigger house so we can serve more people in the state of Wisconsin. Other ways that um, people can get involved is through research. There's a lot of great organizations that are doing great research around health equity. So donating to causes that are researching um, health equity. Also education, learning more about health equity, health disparities, and uh, telling your friends, telling your families, a family, people that you know are at risk to go in and get screened for specific cancers. So then, and those are all great ideas. Uh, so you talk about community engagement, you talk about research, you talk about education, uh, clinical care, I would imagine is another uh, area. But what are some things that the Medical College of Wisconsin specifically is doing to address this idea of health equity? So in addition to being an associate professor in the Department of Radiation Oncology or a cancer doctor treating cancer patients. I also have the immense privilege of serving the Medical College of Wisconsin as associate dean for student inclusion and diversity. So part of my work is also to consider diversity and inclusion within our student body. So I can speak for the Medical College of Wisconsin to say that we are doing a lot in terms of addressing health equity. One of the ways that we are involved is a community engagement. And there's an exciting project that's happening now that uh, Greg Wesley is leading for the Medical College of Wisconsin called Thrive On. And it's a partnership between the Medical College of Wisconsin and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation with a place-based investment in the Harambe neighborhood on the Martin Luther King Drive, where we'll have a facility in the neighborhood to address health equity. And there's also a lot of great community engagement projects happening from our medical students to our faculty and staff and beyond working with communities to address health equity. Another important area is research. And of course, you know, my focus is, um, you know, within cancer and the Cancer Center. And we've got some amazing researchers in the Cancer Center, like Dr. Melinda Stolle, who have community engaged projects looking at ways to address the social determinants of health that may lead to some of these cancer disparities that we're seeing. Like I was saying, it's probably not biology 
probably more likely related to the social determinants of health or our environments, increased stress, uh, structural racism that are, that's leading to these health disparities. Another area is clinical care. And uh, we are intentional about ensuring that we are providing cultural responsive, personalized care to all individuals, regardless of their background, ethnicity, race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, we are committed to culturally responsive and culturally humble clinical care. And lastly, which is the area that I'm probably most involvement, involved in is education. So as Associate Dean for Student Inclusion and Diversity, I work with all of our students at the Medical College of Wisconsin, medical students, graduate students, pharmacy students, it's really important that we educate our students about health disparities and health equity and discuss with them ways to provide culturally responsive care. So I've put together a strategic plan for our office that revolves around four different initiatives. The first initiative is student inclusion. We want every student who comes to the Medical College of Wisconsin to feel like this is a place that they can thrive and feel celebrated. The second one revolves around workforce diversity or knowledge force diversity. We want to ensure that our health workforce reflects the diverse communities that we serve. We're just not seeing that right now. For example, 13% of the US population identifies as black or African American and approximately six to 7% of current medical students identifies a black or African American. We know that health outcomes improve when there's a concordance or a match um, between patients and their uh, physicians in terms of race. So we know that health outcomes will improve if we can diversify the workforce. So that's one important area that I'm working on. And we have a number of really incredible pipeline programs aimed to increase the diversity of our programs at Medical College of Wisconsin. Programs like AIM, ROADS, DSHREP, Step Up um, are programs that have been part of the community for 30 years and have shown great success. So, so there's a lot of places that our listeners, our audience can can plug in. So uh, we want to make sure at the end of our interview that that we tell people how they can uh, where they can go to get more information. But before we do that, um, there's a lot of things that we talked about, Malika, in your in your segments here. Uh, what would you leave with our audience in terms of inspiring words that you would want to share? No matter what your background is, what your job is, where you are, what you do every day, you can make a difference in the community. And look for ways, look for organizations, projects that match your passion, what you like to do. You know, for example, Kathy's House is a place for me to plug in my passion for health equity and cancer patients and make a difference beyond what it is that I do every day. It's really rewarding from a personal standpoint, but more importantly, we all have to do our part to uplift the community and the state, and we can all do a little bit more and make a bigger difference. Wow. Well, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Malika Syker, our uh, uh, radiation oncologist uh, from the Medical College of Wisconsin. Thank you for joining us today. Also, thank you to Patty Metropolis, the executive director from Kathy's House. 
Um, thank you both for joining us today and educating us on how you're making an impact in the community. Thanks for being here. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you would like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. I would ask you to join us each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about ways that people and organizations are contributing to making uh, a difference in our community, like Patty and Malika shared with us today. You can tune into News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer. You can also listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. If you'd like to hear past interviews, you can tune into ellenbecker.com and listen there. You can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Think about how you can make a difference. Uh, again, as Malika was talking about, we're, we're going through some stressful times as a nation. And I think everybody could do something somehow to do their part in encouraging, edifying, inspiring, motivating someone in some way, either a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, or even a stranger. So if you find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing, you will ultimately be blessed yourself. Go out and make it a great day today. Thank you for joining us.